This is Startup, a limited podcast series brought to you by Asa Collective. In these episodes, we'll be taking a look at the podcast advertising marketplace through the eyes of the most experienced industry professionals, giving you the best information and practices so that your brand can join in the fastest growing advertising medium. In this episode, all about creators and podcast advertising partners, Asa's Mike Botticello sits down with Dane Cardiel of Gumball, Trent Anderson from Podchaser, Michaela Phillips from Dear Media, and Rita Bautista of Latina Podcasters Network. All right. Welcome, everyone. This is episode two in Asa's startup series. Um, very happy to have you all here. This, this episode, we're going to tackle creators and podcast advertising partners. We have a great group of panelists today. I'm Mike Botticello on the Asa side. Um, we're joined by Rita Bautista, CEO of the Latina Podcast Network. Uh, Michaela Phillips, Director of Operations, Sales, and Brand Partnerships for Dear Media. Uh, Trent Anderson, Head of Publisher Partnerships at Podchaser. And Dane Cardiel, VP of Creator Partnerships at Gumball. So that's everybody that we're joined by. We're going to run around. Uh, you caught what your name was there. Uh, give us a, a quick background about yourself, um, your company, and then we'll kick off the discussion. So first off, let's go Michaela. Hi, everyone. I am so happy to be here. Um, as Mike said, I am the Director of Sales and Brand Partnerships Operations at Dear Media. Dear Media is a female-focused media marketplace. Um, that's just a fancy way of saying that we have around 60 monetizing hosts, but we also have the luxury of selling into their different verticals that go across social. So if they're podcasters, they're also YouTubers, they can be on TikTok as well as Instagram, and we can um, sell into those verticals as well. Um, in essence, we are the one-stop shop for all things female audience. A little bit about me, excited to be here. Okay, next up, Rita. Um, Hi, everyone. I am Rita Bautista, the CEO and founder of Latina Podcasters, which is a global podcast network group within the network. Within the group, we have Latina Podcasters Network and Latino Pods. We have over a reach of over 2 million impressions and 85 podcasts that we currently have on the network. And um, I'm excited to be here with everyone today. All right. Thanks, Rita and Trent. Hey everyone, glad to be here. I'm Trent with Podchaser. Um, Podchaser is the intelligence engine for the podcast industry. We uh, collect data across four different vectors, including reach, audience demographics, contact info, and then most recently brand sponsor data. So in my role in working with our network partners and as well as our advertisers, really trying to find uh, trilateral wins between creators, uh, networks, and then uh, advertisers themselves as well. So uh, very excited to be here and and, and uh, with some impressive company. So appreciate everyone. Appreciate you, Trent. And rounding us out, Dane. Hello, my name is Dane Cardiel, VP of Creator Partnerships at Gumball. Um, we're an ad platform that supports over 250 uh, podcasters and YouTubers. Um, some of our core focus is comedy, entertainment, wellness, business, and parenting. Um, so connecting brands with creators for uh, host-read advertising primarily. So great to be here. Excited for the discussion. Yeah. And like I said, we have a great group uh, of industry insight for everyone following along to, to learn from uh, and really just enjoy this conversation. Let's jump right into it. Um, kicking things off, and this is a big one. Um, we're going to talk about finding creators and, and what to look for. So throwing this out to the group, um, 
digest it for a second, but for you guys, what are the key factors that you should consider when choosing a podcast for advertising to ensure alignment with their brand values? So uh, I'll put you right into it, Trent. Yeah. Cool. So we work with our partners. We really developed a four-step framework that we call content, context, audience, and reach. So every time we're working with an advertiser, um, we kind of run them through those four steps. So content, let's find shows that are discussing topics that are relevant or germane to the advertiser's uh, industry or area of influence. Context, how do we unpack what kind of perspective that show or that creator has on said content? That's a really important part of this that often gets overlooked. Third thing we look at is audience. So is the uh, podcast audience aligned with uh, the target ICP that you guys are trying to hit in terms of advertising? And then finally, reach. And reach, we like to describe, uh, at least through Podchaser, kind of as a spectrum in the landscape. So I think so often major shows, big shows get a lot of the uh, attention within the space, but there's significant opportunities in the mid-tail and certainly even in the long-tail. Between that uh, content, context, audience, and reach framework, that's usually how uh, we, we like to advise our clients to think about um, their advertising campaigns. But I'd love to hear from, from the rest of the group. Um, I, I agree with you, Trent. I think as the specific niche of the Latino audience is growing, we're still having to explain and and be a lot more um, creative with the way that we work with our brand partners. Um, but specifically within the reach part, uh, you know, we're still working on building that scale and also working with other partners in the podcast media space as well in order to reach. Scale, but the scale isn't always going to be what creates the impact. It's making sure that we have the opportunity to explain that the reach is going to be made through different creative avenues um, and sometimes the out-of-the-box thinking, um, but but more or less, for specifically for us, when we are talking about a niche audience, the impact tends to be a lot higher because of the loyalty of the audience that continues to return. Um, so yeah, that's just what I'm seeing. No, that's, that's so right. And and having an engaged and uh, informed audience is really an ups, uh, an upside for everybody. Um, so with that in mind on, on the dear media side, Michaela, what do you think? No, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, especially in this last year where we had the podcast space kind of had a little bit of an economic downturn, we really um, looked inward and we looked at like data points when it came to our brand partners that were deciding to spend over and over again, as, uh, as well as with our creators. And we really felt that it's the creators that had the audiences that were so engaged with what um, the host was talking about and giving that personal endorsement were the brand partners that stayed with those creators and kept deciding to spend with them over and over again. So we really feel that it's not like downloads are great and everything, but we really feel that there should be other metrics and uh, goals and KPIs that we have our brands look at when they are coming through the door to, to spend with us. All right, Dane, we'll give you the last word here. Yeah, I'll just add, I think I probably think about this from a creator perspective. So just adding to everyone else's comments, um, we just think about it in terms of like personality driven shows, um, those tend to perform the best. So if there is a clear um, a relationship between the host and the audience through that, their personality and what they're bringing to their show, uh, that tends to drive the most results for advertisers. So when we evaluate what creators to work with, um, we're really asking what is the personality element of this show that lends itself to that impact and that usually finds itself 
off-platform as well in events, newsletter, social. Um, so those intangibles, I think, are difficult to like put a data point on, but generally those are the ones driving the most revenue. Right. And I think as we all know this, um, and in a good way, there's a lot of education that needs to happen for both the creators and the advertisers. Um, and there's some tools for that. Um, and I'm going to throw this to you, Trent. Um, what are some of the most critical metrics startups should focus on when evaluating the potential success of their podcast ad campaigns? Um, and how does that apply to Podchaser? Yeah, definitely. So uh, for context, right, like we collect data on basically every podcast that's ever been published. And so with that, we've got close to 2 billion data points within our data set now, which is, is likely too many. But in any case, it allows us to do some really interesting triangulation in terms of audience overlaps, creator overlaps, uh, affinities for you know certain types of shows and creators, that sort of thing. Like one thing that we really key in on with our advertising partners is um, kind of like this engagement model, right? And sometimes that engagement isn't isn't even necessarily uh, accessible through like what you'd see through podcast analytics. But we've worked with a lot of startup uh, brands that have had really good success working with creators that have their own communities or their own um, kind of like little pockets of of influence within the space. I'll give an example: like we worked with a, a client in the D 2 C kind of gut health space. And we'd uh, worked with them to get on a celebrity hosted show, awesome reach, really well-known individual. It was a great alignment between what the brand promised and, and kind of what the audience was seeking. Um, it was great from an awareness perspective, but it was actually uh, paled in comparison to a podcast host that we worked with that had just 1600 people in a private Facebook group where he was doing hand on hand to hand, like coaching and training sessions with his community, which also happened to be um, you know his podcast listeners. So while the uh, audio component of the campaign was certainly you know really strong with this the small uh, podcaster, what we really saw on the back end was incredible amount of conversion coming through this Facebook group in particular. So all to say, like yes, the audio component is super important, but also understanding kind of what engagement looks like across the other channels is is crucial. Um, so that's one thing that we always try to provide with our our data set, right? Uh, we include links to creator social profiles, the podcast uh, social profiles, and it's just another kind of heuristic to use to judge um, how engaged the audience actually is. Right, right. That engagement is the lifeblood. Um, so we're going to move this this back to the group um, in this question for all of you. How do you guys assess the effectiveness of a podcast host in engaging their audience? And why is this so important for advertisers? Michaela? Um, thank you. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is making sure that the host read and personal endorsement is always very strong. Um, we do this by our entire vetting process is, is very immaculate. There's not a brand that goes on to any Dear Media shows without it actually getting approved by the host themselves. So they are personally saying that they are going to try the product. They are hopefully falling in love with it even before they're going on air and saying it, et cetera. And um, they have that touch point. And then when they do their ad read, my team basically goes out and instead of having the brand just do a script where it's like the host just reads it, we are very meticulous about the talking points that we have the brand give to the talent. And we have it very short and sweet, three to five talking points about the main um, you know, objective of the campaign as a whole, maybe some highlights about the product. And then it goes in some do's and don'ts. I'm like, again, high level, like I just need this to hit. And then the CTA, the call 
call to action to bring them and direct them to wherever they need to go. Um, we have found that this is the best way so that our hosts can do what they do best. They are naturally going to be talking to their audiences and they know how they want to deliver a message, especially when it comes to a product and selling them. And I think that that is the most beautiful thing within podcasting is I don't know how many times I've been listening to somebody, especially on our network, where I'm like halfway into an ad placement and I'm like, I didn't even realize this was an ad or like how many times they have to like, message Pete from Podscribe to help us with an air check because AI is not picking it up. It's like when you can have hosts that utilize their skill set and do what they do best, um, which is communicate and and collaborate with their audience, that's how they're doing it. And that's a strong brand partnership and um, how we see it as effective. Yeah. And that that brand to talent relationship is exactly where the the rubber meets the road so to speak and it's relationship as we know um and and to take us through that i guess dane this is good for you speak to that uh from the creator side what they need yes i want to hear yeah so i think uh, this might be a boring answer but it's just doing the the what's expected like doing those things right i think when mistakes are made in the process that really brings a a sour um, perspective from an advertiser. So while everything might be great, if you miss the the, the ad drop from an ad ops perspective by eight hours, um, that really um, that really isn't great. So um, referring to the ad talking points, making sure the the CTA verbatim text is read right. Uh, if there is a personal endorsement required, doing that personal endorsement. Um, confirming over and over again, is this ad read exactly what is expected? And is it going to get delivered as expected? I think if you make mistakes in those like obvious things, um, it doesn't lend itself to long, long-term success. So I think being very detailed oriented as a creator um, and ensuring your partners are also detailed oriented um, is, is what, what should be the, the main focus. Yeah. Hit the mark. That, that's not a boring thing. It's just a fundamental thing be successful like do what just do what's there uh and it will it will take care of most of it um and so rita we're gonna throw this to you you have a chance to to heal some wounds here um maybe we can all share some collective war stories but um what are some what are some common mistakes brands make in podcast advertising and how can they be avoided um you know One of the things for us in particular, and I don't know if anybody else can speak to this, but because we are dual lingo, right? The the translation um, is very challenging and we understand that. And that's one of the things that we want to not just, like, we don't want to be like diehard, like, oh my God, I can't believe we want to be here to, to work with you. So I loved what uh, Michaela said earlier um, uh, that, you know, you guys are working with them to create those creative points and to have um, a very nice host read where the host also engages with the content and also with the product. And for us, it's the same thing. However, the the difference there is how do we let them speak in their own language and, and language being, yes, the conversation that they have with the, with their, uh, with their listeners, but also what language are they speaking? Are they speaking in English? Are they speaking in Spanish? Are they speaking Spanglish? And sometimes we'll get brands that come in and they're like, yeah, we want to work with you. We want to work with XYZ creator. And they want them to speak in Spanish, but this is a podcast that's hosted by Latinos that only speak English, you know, or they want to like, almost like throw a pinata in there and then be like, okay, now we've reached the 
audience. And the biggest thing is, is we understand this is an emerging market, specifically with more diversity coming into the podcast media space. So for us, it's like, let us help you curate these points. Don't, don't always rely on the agency that you're working with to be able to, um, to create a creative that's actually going to connect. We listen to the podcasts as well. We make sure that, um, that we hear how the host is engaging with the audience. And if we're letting you know beforehand, like maybe let us be the ones that help you curate the, the, the points versus the agency, it would be a lot easier and better for the host to connect to the audience with, with those particular um, campaigns. So that is definitely something that's challenging. I mean, it's even challenging for us. It's, it's, we're basically speaking like 48 languages, right? Because there's also dialect depending on the region. Is this like a, a Texas Mexican heavy population or is this New York that's, you know, Puerto Rican, Dominican? Is it Miami that's, you know, Cuban, Colombian? And a lot of people don't understand the regionalities and the migration patterns and that, how those play into dialect and the conversations that the podcast hosts are having with their audience. So our biggest thing is really just, you know, trust us that we know um, how to make your campaign be the most successful within our audience. Yeah, the campaign success thing, like at the end of the day, we all want that, right? And keep them. Yeah. Um, but, but, and I'll kick this over to both Dane and Michaela, so to speak to the, the gumball and the, and the deer side of it. Um, could you guys elaborate on the process of matching advertisers to the right creators on your platform um, and how startups can make the most of it? Um, so I think the biggest thing is um, when brands come to work at Deer Media, number one is kind of understanding that, again, we're at the mercy of our creators on saying yes or no. They are really going to be the person that says, yes, I would love to give this personal endorsement and, get, and put this ad read onto um, my podcast and, and push it out to the audience. Um, and I think with that being said, understanding as a startup that um, because they've cultivated this community and this audience, they are going to be picky and um, not, I, I don't even want to say picky. It's like, I'm happy that they're like this because it's, they've created that trust within their audience. And that's the reason why it converts and why brands really um, see that conversion. I think the biggest thing, um, secondly, is understanding that with this premium kind of talent that you're going to be working with on the Dear Media roster, as well as the limited um, real estate that we have, because at Dear Media, we only have um, a max of six ad placements per episode. Um, you're not going to have a million of these markers in place where it's like spamming the audience. You're going to have, again, limited share of voice with other like-minded brands that also um, are um, you know, the audience is familiar with. Um, so with that being said, there is going to be an investment. As startups, we see it all the time. We, uh, we have to educate them on what podcasting is, and it is going to be a chunk of change. However, we are going to use that budget that you guys have and your goals to be able to put together a campaign that is going to work for your brand specifically. And that's what our goals are when you come to Dear Media is, okay, this is your budget. These are your um you know kpis your goals for this campaign we're gonna go and rework a handful of different campaign options to be able to try to hit this goal because we are here for longevity and sustainability and we want to create symbiotic relationships between those brands and the creators so that these brands keep spending in the space you know we want them to have a good experience okay 
Well, guys, that that is a lot right there that we've we've unpacked, but um, we're gonna keep things moving. But staying with the creators uh, and on the creator side, we want to talk about interacting with creators um, and great hosts with, with that check off all the boxes that we absolutely want to you know a drive and b um, make successful. So um, for everyone here in the group, can you guys share just just pick one um, best practice for engaging with podcast hosts and and making sure. Uh, they they have successful advertising partnerships. Trent, we need to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're talking about like the relationship between an advertiser and the host themselves. From yeah. from the host point of view. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everyone's kind of touched on this already, but when the host has actually tried the product that the advertiser is offering, it makes a huge difference. And like. I, seems like we don't need to say that, but it, it, we really do. Um, we've done a couple of different uh, campaigns on behalf of some brands and it's just very clear, like, great, we hit all the key talking points, but what does it actually taste like? Like, does this protein bar have that gritty, gross, kind of chalky aftertaste or, or do they actually enjoy it? Um, so we do, we, in working with a lot of brands, like we always recommend that they seed some of these opportunities. So let's send product out to some of these hosts, even before we engage in uh, like sales conversations when it comes to advertising rates, because again, if they've already had familiarity with the brand, they they know it, they like it, they trust it. Um, it just makes that whole like negotiation process quite a bit easier as well. So, um, you know, the proof is is definitely in in the pudding, as they say. Uh, so we definitely recommend that uh, you know you get the product in the people's hands. Otherwise, it's it's going to be a more difficult process uh, over the long haul. Right. You can really sell something that, you know, and are are personally invest, you know, uh, connected to. And that that is the purpose of it. Um, so unique. Right. It's not just getting free stuff, but it's to actually have an effective read on the other side. So, um, Rita, how does that apply to, you, to everything with uh, your network? Yeah, I, I agree with Trent. I mean, if, if our podcast hosts aren't actually interacting with the product, you're not really, it's almost going to be like a flat line when it comes down to their interaction with uh, with the campaign and how they're going to relay the message on the, the host read ad. Um, you know, authenticity is the number one thing that we try to thrive to, uh, to for the entire network, just the authentic stories telling, but, but also authentic ad, host reds you know like we we don't want to we don't want someone to just like promote something and promote something they don't connect to which we also give uh right to refusal to our podcasters as well because we never want them to sell to sell their audience on anything we want them to engage their audience um which i think makes it a very different thing and for us always remaining in the center of the conversation between the host and the and the client or the brand to make sure that there's smooth transitions between the two um, and managing the expectation of the client, making sure that they know, you know, you get two edits and that's it, you know, like, and so, um, or three, just depending on what's negotiated and making sure that we're the ones that are standing strong for both sides uh, to protect the brand, but also to protect the audience and the, the host. And as we continue having these conversations about brand safety and as brand safety continues to become more and more of a topic of discussion and podcasting, making sure that brands also understand that brand safety also applies to the audience as well, right? And that the host also needs to protect their brand that they've built um, and that we um, are distributing for, for them as well. So, um, you know, just 
clear communication is is always going to be the number one thing in these things and and standing um as the kind of like the median for both um and and yeah making sure that the, the goals are being hit but authenticity is at the at the focus of all of it makes a lot of sense right everybody's uh we can't see our audience but they're nodding along with us on on this so um, yeah, so yeah la last thing uh, we're going to do before we get into our Q&As um, and to sort of bring this all home, uh, we're going to throw out each of you one rule, one golden rule. And so we'll have four when we're done. Um, but if you could start, start, start things out uh, for brands that are looking to take the plunge and get started in podcast advertising, what's a golden rule uh, they should follow to start the journey? Who wants to lead off? Rita. Limit your expectations. Um, you know, you want to start with, you want to come in and, and have a brand new product that hasn't hit the market. And then all of a sudden you want to advertise with a niche audience. And you think that we're just going to get you 2000 users overnight, which would be ideal. Um, however, um, it takes time to build to that. And if you, if you work with us, to create an authentic story, it will be better for your your product, your brand in the long run. So um, time, <laughs> limit your expectations in time. Yeah. That's a very good one. Um, be patient. Trent, how about from you? Yeah, I already, I already talked about it, but I think the biggest miss that we typically see is just not targeting the right types of shows. Um, so whether that's, you know, the founder listens to a certain podcast, it's like, I know this is what my people listen to. I got to be on this podcast. And sometimes it works, but it's kind of a shot in the dark. So really going back to that content, context, audience, and reach framework, um, it saved all of our clients so much time and headache. Um, and again, like, what we're uniquely positioned to do as pod chasers because we have data on basically every single show uh we're helping brands and advertisers find those shows that they might not have heard of before especially the ones that are outside you know apple top 200 charts right so that content context audience and reach is a, is a really kind of bulletproof framework for finding the right fit shows we're, we're saying again um michaela how about from you I mean, I, it's already touched on. I think that it's making smart decisions when it comes to the podcast choices and then understanding that podcasting is a long game. Like it's going to have multiple different touch points for an audience to be able to convert compared to your normal pay-per-click or um, influencer marketing campaigns. I think that that's the big miss when especially new brands come into the space. They they think that they're going to get that that uh, ROI overnight and it doesn't always happen that way. So setting expectations there as well. Yeah, so I'll jump in and I'll say, you know, two things if I can. Um, first, uh, podcasting is a different channel. So how you calculate return on investment is going to be very different than how you do so in other digital media channels. So I think if you're new to podcasting, you need to educate yourself on how that calculation is different in podcasting. Um, and second, I would say your audio budget should be at least 5%. So podcast... Um, channel you should dedicate at least five percent of your budget to audio and podcasting um and then evaluate the success from there but if you only do half of a percent a percent in, in podcasting the channel's not going to perform for you so you really have to dedicate at least five percent of your budget to to, to podcast right words words to live by guys limit your expectations 
you know, target the right shows, uh, be ready for being in for a long game and, you know, yeah, have the right calculations. So, you know, what you're, you're investing in. Um, all right, here's the good stuff. We got some questions pouring in, so we'll go, uh, shoot these out to the group and, uh, and tackle them, uh, as, as whoever wants them first off, I think this is a good one for you, Dane. Um, and back to your, your point of calculations, uh, what would you recommend as a good starting budget? Yeah, well, I think it's relative that 5% number, however much you're spending on advertising across um, all the various media channels, um, that 5% benchmark probably can inform what a starting budget could be. Um, you know, we we generally like to see advertisers on Gumball spend at least 10000 on any given campaign just as like a minimum. Um, not that we have minimums, but um, that, that generally is a, a good place to start. So... 10 to 50,000, depending on um, the brand, uh, much larger if it's, you know, in the Fortune 500 space. But um, yeah, I think 10,000 probably is a good starting point. But with that budget, if you don't know how to calculate it, then I would don't spend yet, you know, figure out how what your formula is to determine success. And then, and then you can add incremental budget to, to the channel. And for the rest of you guys, why do you think that is? Why why at those numbers and what sort of results should they expect to see? I think that with a budget of 10,000, you can really diversify um, based on your brand's objectives. I think that you can also um, kind of give them a few different plays that way um, that they can be happy with and know that they feel like they're picking the autonomy, they have the autonomy to choose. Um, but I also feel that um, also it, it helps you if you want to push a little bit of that budget to smaller creators and then hit some bigger creators too. So sometimes people have their heart set on working with our largest creators coming in and we are like, I just feel like this isn't going to do it, but the talent's going to say yes to the dollars and, you know, they're going to make it work. But it's like, I promise you the dial is going to move with these smaller creators. And again, having that bigger budget allows for that a little bit more flexibility to happen. No, and that's a very important one. Not just, there's not just one formula for success, but, um, and the truth is there's more things that are going to come down, down the road. So good to stay agile, good to stay focused and everything that we went into today, you know, knowing your audience, connecting, storytelling, staying organic, like those truths will ring true for years to come, even as this industry evolves. But thank you all. Thank you for your time. A great group that joined us today, everybody. Kayla Phillips from Dear Media, Rita Bautista, Latin Podcast Network, Trent Anderson from Podchaser, and Dane Cardiel from Gumball. Um, this has been session number two on ASA Startup Series. I'm Mike Botticello. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you learned something today. You had a good time. Um, those of you that joined us live uh, and those of you that are listening to this in the future, uh, Thanks for, for following us along. So, all right, everyone, appreciate it. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of our startup series. If you're a brand who's looking to get into podcast advertising, come visit our website at ossacollective.com. That's O-S-S-A collective.com to learn more about how you can get started with your first campaign. 